This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. I, I apologize, it was, uh, the, the traffic was incredible, it was, it should have been 20 minutes, or 45 minutes, so uh, I, I'm, it's not, so let's, uh, um, so we'll try to make it a little shorter. I, I understood we wanted to have a little bit of question and answers and, and speaking, so I'll try to make it a little shorter and uh, we'll uh, then have questions and answers. Um, the topic that I was asked to speak about had to do with the... Um, recently put out the book about um, Betar for Life and the transition from cold to working, things of that nature. So I first want to speak something about from the parsha actually that relates to it um, and then we'll talk more specifically if people want to speak about it you have two elements in the Mishkan that relate to Torah and they're used that way you, you have the Aaron which obviously the Luchos and the Torah the, the, the Ramban describes it as a Maimon Har Sinai the Luchos over there and everything about it so, so that certainly presents Torah and then you have the menorah which is constantly referred to in the context of Torah and Torah is referred to as Or Shemin is Chachma the, the many Rishonim explain that the, the, the Kanim were the different Chachmas that faced the Or of Torah Aritzalah Hachkim Yadrim many 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 references to menorah referring to as some sort of Torah and some some embodiment of Torah. The question is to try to understand the relationship of these two kalim one to another. I also would like to stop a minute on the Pasik. It says Vata Yisrael, they light the Lahalos Ner Tomit, they take Shemizayas for Ner Tomit, Beohel Moed Michutzla Paroches in the old moed outside of the paroches, asha al ha'edus, yaroch also, ayon ubanov me'erev adbog v'hashem. So they light it in the old moed, outside of the paroches, you know, every night. It's very strange the way we give a location. We know what the old moed is. We know that there's nothing inside of the Kodesh Kodesh except for the Oren. So why is this referred to again? And it's simply saying, you light it That's where you light it. It almost is telling us it belongs inside. It needs to be. It, it, it's true that it's inside or moed, but it is really the other side of the paroches. That's really what it's kind of saying. It's saying that it's on. The, it's, it's standing outside paroches. This is coming in. So I'd like to try to think a little bit about what, what, what this means, how this is explaining what menorah is. When we speak about Chachma, um, every Chachma has in itself a, a sort of rock bottom. So for instance, the world of a physicist is everything that exists in the universe. And the big circle is the universe. 
and from from wherever the furthest distance, both physically and and in terms of conceptually, to us how everything works. So the, the scope of that chachma is everything in my world. Biology, the scope of biology is anything which we'll describe as living, and within that circle. And we start with the smallest item we'll consider living, let's say a cell, and everything that builds up afterwards. All of those chachmas are called chachmas chitsonios because they deal with the outer world of chachma, which is our world. The universe that we have is the outermost of all worlds, and it is the totality of our world. Chachmas HaTorah it starts with Chachma as it is, which is in the world of Hashem, so to speak, and how it comes down into our world, and how it manifests itself in our world. So, for instance, when you take something which is a Chok, let's say the laws of Kashris, they don't have the laws of health what is healthy to eat, what's not healthy to eat starts with our world and finishes with our world this is the way a person's heart works these are the items that are impediments to good circulation these are items that, that help um, and therefore one should, do, should eat more of what helps and less of what, what, what's an impediment Makes a lot of sense. It's 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 in, in, it's a it's a chachma that starts with our world and ends with our world. But chachma, in its broader sense, deals with the concept of the good, the bad. Those are those are ideas that don't start with our world. They're coming from somewhere else, and and, and they manifest themselves in our world. So just like something like beauty, we could we realize we we recognize beauty and say, oh, this looks good, this doesn't look good, this looks right, doesn't look right. We can recognize some some effects like symmetry, contrast that are meaningful, but no one's really got their handle on it because it's really something that kind of is conceptual, sort of comes outside of our physical world. Chachma of Tov and Ra is much further and deeper than that. And it comes from someplace outside and it finds its way into our world and expresses itself. These are things that are good to eat. These are things that are bad to eat. The why of it is not an answer that's to be found within our world. It's coming from someplace else. So real Chachma or Chachma of Torah, which we would say is this full span of Chachma, has a component that by definition is outside, is somewhere else. And it has a component, a tip of the iceberg, that finds its way into our world and can be measured by our world. We can take an animal and check for simonim. We can take a knife and check to see if it's put out, and so on. So if we ask ourselves, what is Chachmas Torah, we're going to say, What's not Chachmas Torah? Something that starts and ends within our the context of our world is not Chachmas Torah. That's Chachmas Teva. Something which starts 
beyond our world and ends beyond our world and has no representation or manifestation in our world is also not Chachmas Torah. It is whatever, whatever it is, it's, it's got nothing to us. But there is something which starts somewhere else and then finds itself in Shoharach. It finds itself in laws that are physical and defined by physical phenomena. When, when we measure a sukkah, we use a yardstick. When, when, when we measure a pair of tzitzis, we use a yardstick. We, we, we test the wool for being wool. It's all physical. And it's in our world. So Chochmas Torah has two components. It has an Aran that is totally secluded from us. It's not in our world. That's that component. It's not in our world, first of all, it's 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 um, um, there's there's the parochas which divides it. It also the physical phenomenon of the way it's set up that it really does take space in a strange way means that it's not of our world. Even though it's technically there, it's not within our world. But that alone would be nothing. It's only because there is a light that illuminates our world whose source is from that world that that's called Or of Torah, Chochmah Torah what it does is it's just like when a person has a physical object so this object is what it is depending on the lighting on it it has a different meaning to me you create a different mood using the lighting you see something more sharply more clearly, you see one thing. If it's more obfuscated, if it's kind of murky, you see it differently. The aura of Torah gives definition and understanding to aspects of our world and our life. So Menorah and the Parochas and the, and the Oron come together. And that's why the Menorah is in front of the Parochas. In other words, it's, it's the projector, so to speak, of what's inside, and that's the and that's the aron. It uh, that is what illuminates our world. Chazal make a point of it. The the the, the inside inside the the Oel Morin, inside the Mishkan represent kind of a house of sorts. There's a shulchan, there's a mizbeach. Um, the, the 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 one thing, the menorah, the Gemara says it's not to light up the inside of the Olmoid, it's to project outwards. It's called the Edus for Ashra Sashchina. It's something which bears testimony to the fact that there's a lot more inside than the physical walls and everything about it. And therefore, um, it, it, it works together. And for a person's pursuit of Chachma, a person needs to look at the aura of the menorah, but he needs to understand that the aura of the menorah is drawing its source from someplace beyond it. It's interesting enough that in the Nase of Hanukkah, um, the fact that there was more light and fire in it than, than, than the oil would allow for was sort of expressing it that Technically, the light is on the oil, but there's a lot more light. The oil is almost just a platform rather than the actual generator of, of that light.
that's a sense of, of, of the parish and the and the and the and the armenot. I'd like to apply it to the points I wrote about in the book and, and about the, the transition of the two lives and so on and so forth. I, I, I assume nobody here grew up in a yeshiva environment, and people grow up in a yeshiva environment and spend some of their best years in yeshiva. Come with a very a yeshiva environment is a very intense Torah-only environment. In a certain sense, it's an otherworldly environment. Um, Derech Eretz means functioning within the limits and context of nature. It means you've got to work X amount to produce Y amount, to eat a certain amount, to, 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 to use a certain amount, and, and so on. And those are natural functions of this world. That's how Hashem made this world. That, that there's a physical reality and we live within a physical reality. The, the idea of Torah in its, you know, of throwing away all their herits, that the Mishnah says, my vehement and all their herits, is really a format for, uh, is a format for being in another world, in a world that's kind of not quite physical. And that's where people spend their best years and, and, and uh, opt in a, a, with, with a lot of success. When people need or choose or whatever reason to move on, it's kind. It does create a difficulty because now we're a very, very physical world, and we're bound with reality is very different. And people don't have the time and the energy and the strength to have that type of life that you can have. But the thing to remember is that those two elements are extremely connected. A person who hasn't had the type of intense experience of otherworldliness that pure learning gives a person, um, so so the 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 the, um, the mitzvahs and the expectations of Torah tend to get translated in a very flat, disworldly. You should be nice to people. You should be courteous. People should be civil. Um, you should be helpful to the community. You're drawing your ideas from within the context of this world. It certainly is nice to be mentioned, no matter what the reason is. You know, whatever your motive is, it's nice to be fine and pleasant and courteous and things like that. But it's not going to give you a higher spiritual dimension because where's that coming from? It's and it's, so on the one hand, a person keeps drawing. A sense of there's a higher purpose to life. There's there's a greater definition of life than 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 just the the, the self-preservation of sorts, um, and so on. On the other hand, for the world, the translation of it into menorah is vital for it to shine out. It's it, it knows Hashem made it for a reason that way. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a very physical world because he wanted to illuminate it with the light of Torah. And that illumination takes part because people who have understand one value are able to bring it into a different context. Let's give an example. Imagine you have a teacher who's very bright and knows whatever subject matter teaching and they're teaching people who don't know anything or people who know little, or people who have some impediment, or whatever it is. It takes 
you need to know what you're trying to teach and you need to know how to teach it. So when a person is coming from a world that's really not this world and he needs now to translate it, if, you, if a person acts in this world with values that are really otherworldly, a person is honest to a fault. A person is kind beyond what normal social interaction is. A person exerts self-discipline and, and um, self-control when it's something that he could get away with and yet he does it because there's something higher. The person expresses that in this world. There's a run and maybe one of the others also I don't remember speaks about what is you know how, it says that Goyim will see kichachmaschem will be naschem we call it amim Torah is it makes it wise and so on so they all ask that the chok part of Torah is really I mean when a guy sees me keeping kashrus why does he think that me paying another dollar for a bottle of milk is is a very smart and wise thing why. So he says, because they don't know from Chok. But when they see us fulfilling Mishpat, which are the laws that apply in this world, honesty and, and, and kindness and, and charity, etc., etc., and we do that flawlessly, they begin to understand that even the things that they can't understand, it's not because they're silly, it's because it's beyond their understanding. The Mishpat actually leads them to have tremendous respect for the Chok. That's why one is a stepping stone for the other. The Mishpat part of Torah is like the menorah, which illuminates this world, and if it illuminates it properly, properly, it tells everybody, there is something beyond you. You're not seeing it, and you will not see it. But if so much light is coming out from this menorah, it must be that it's drawing from something far beyond it. So the, 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 a person's life in the context of economic reality, physical reality, this world reality, really, really um, depends on A, having a reservoir of spirituality from the time he spent in full environment, and later on you also have little islands of time, Shabbos, Yontif, person comes back from Yarchikala, person has Chavrusa, those become little islands of otherworldliness. And then the person makes that conscious effort that it shine out when he is in the context of Derech Harris, the context of this world. That together is the Shlemus of how Torah comes down to this world. Maimed Har Sinai had the part where Kaddish Baruch only with Moshe Rabbeinu. And then it had the part of the fires and the colors that were visible to everybody, that everybody understood that's where it's coming from. So I guess in, 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 this would be sort of a description, uh, an appropriate description of the points trying to make, how the two work together. It's true that in a certain sense, the world of Torah only is a rejection of another world, but it's a rejection in order to be able to illuminate that other world. And the fullness of, of, of the realization of what you have in that world of pure Torah is reflected in how much of that light you're able to bring out when you're outside, on the other side of Parochas, and illuminating not only the Mishkan, but the world around you.
those I want to be cut a little bit. They, they know it's late, and now if whatever time allows in terms of questions, answers, or whatever it is uh, that you wanted, I'll you know. Could Rav say a little more about the, the Rav said if, if one doesn't have the otherworldly experience so the Torah becomes watered down itself right. or more shallow. Could Rav explain that a little more? Yeah, it, it's, it's one of the areas where, in my mind, it's something which is one of the strongest, I hate to use the word proofs because I don't think that exists, but um, contemplations about the emiss of the world. If we're to ask everybody to define the word good and bad, every person, including sworn atheists who are decent human beings, would have a hard time describing good and bad in the same way we describe as functional and not functional. So for instance, if somebody would ask me, would ask somebody, how do you run a business that it do well? So you'll say you, you do X amount of marketing and X amount of service, customer service, like this. I go through that. And what do you describe that? Efficient versus inefficient. Okay. And now how about cheating customers? So I say, well, if you cheat the customers, they'll find out about it. It won't come back. Okay. But I, I'm good enough at cheating. They won't even know they were cheated. And I'll, I'll make extra. So most people say, well, that's wrong. Absolutely wrong. So say, oh, you mean it's inefficient? Or they'll say, well, society would have a hard time functioning. So say, so it's equivalent. So the person who cheats his customers is the equivalent to a guy who doesn't put enough money into marketing. And the guy said, no, it's very different. I don't think any decent human. Being. So what is it? And people will have a very hard time because any description of good and bad in terms of this world reduces it to either efficient, inefficient, or pleasant, unpleasant. Some say, I love to help people. Don't you just love to help people? I say, no. I, 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 there, there was somebody in, in uh, Silver Spring, his mother was, um, was, was the head of the local chapter of March of Dimes. So that meant that you had to collect the money in the area for March of Dimes. I don't know if anybody knows what March of Dimes is, but uh, it's one of the first uh, charities for cystic fibrosis, I think it was. No, it was. No, it was, it was it was a cerebral palsy, and so so this this fellow he's an older fellow that he he said you know people give excuses this one said he gave already this one said he gave the office this one said the checks in the mail you know whatever fine he said he, he knocked on somebody's door and he explained you know, he says God. I says it's charity he says I don't do charity he says no it's genuine it's legitimate he says no I believe it hundred percent I just don't do charity and, and he was so like he didn't he'd been brought up in a home where. Charity was a given; it was an axiom, and and in and 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 in this. But if you try to translate, you say, "Well, you help other people." It says, "Yes, but I'd rather help myself. I, I, you know, I, I'd rather keep the money and buy myself a little extra." It, but but you know how good you feel. It's not you feel good about it, so you do it. I don't feel good about it, so I won't do it. I, I, but we all, every person, feels there's something more than that, and no matter how hard we'll try to describe it, to with in the terms of 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 tov, of of our of efficient, inefficient, feeling good, not it's not going to work. It's it's one of the problems when a person begins to become closer to Yiddishkeit. You need to start with doesn't a Shabbos table feel good? Don't you see the family together? Don't you see people? So? Yes, but you, what it's supposed to do is awaken a deeper recess in a person, which harbors that sense of otherworld tov. 
so the the the, the um, what really keeps the word tov and ra meaningful is not you any translation of if you tell me that if everybody would cheat everybody else the economy would be terrible it might be true but i really don't care much and also then you're reducing then someone who's cheating is not a criminal he's just an inefficient businessman so uh, nobody thinks inefficient businessmen should be shunned and and some people do but but, but i'm just saying but the, the, we wouldn't think of it as a moral shortcoming the word moral wouldn't make sense it's because a person does have a very deep recess of a neshama that's a counterpart to like Hajj Kadashim. I can't use it as a brain. My neshama can't figure out Hilchis Kashas, maybe, maybe Avram Avinus, but our neshama doesn't have that. But what keeps us glued to the Shalom Aruch and doing what it says is that deep recess coming into, flowing into a world of quantification where I can quantify things and say how much and so on and so forth. Yes? When Chazal tells us, say, Tarasha Kvar Malach Becharai, that there should be that which is set, and your work is right. this happenstance. Nowadays, from what I hear from people, even the nine-to-five job is an endangered species. Yeah. The companies want hours that are really, they don't want people watching the clock. Technology allows you to be doing things for work. How does a person implement that Chazal in, in the world of such things? So, I, I mean, first of all, I would like to um, revisit that Chazal. I say to Rasa Kva, people make a mistake about it. They seem to think that it means more hours, work should be haphazard. Kvana Rai really means, it's, it's when I'm defining two things, then I, you, I look for the essential point as the fixed point, and the non-essential that's simply serving a purpose as sort of answer to it. So let's take an example. Imagine I tell somebody I have a great job. He says, really, um, how much money do you make? So I tell him, well, I really don't make much money, but it's a very pleasant office, music is nice, carpets, great lunchroom, and, and everybody smiles. So... If it's if if you're defining a job therapy session, it it really is nice. But if uh, it's, so another person would say it's a great job, but there are a lot of conditions that make life difficult. It pays very well, and so kva is really the folk, the point around which we define everything else. So uh, there's somebody in the Silver Spring, D.C. Uh, area is a very it's it's a unlike most Jewish communities, it's not a business oriented community because the government is the big employer and the uh, most <coughs> people work for the government and that's the type of that's the norm there was somebody a younger man by us brilliant fellow and um, learned a few years in yeshiva in Kolo, and went to georgetown on a scholarship and then is, works for the government already probably 10 years was a star is a star and he earns not much um the uh in, if you go into a private law firm, he would earn a lot, an awful lot. He's worth a lot. He's really, really brilliant, and he's an amazing uh, person. But he keeps telling me, he says, what do I want out of life? He said, working for the government, he says, I have fixed hours, fixed. Everything is, is fixed, and nobody's asked me to sit in the office 
any later than nine to five, like you said. At the Baruch Hashem, the U.S. government has mutayvim than a chesidish rebbe has yard sites. There, 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 there isn't a, a month doesn't go by without some legal holiday. We, we always have legal holiday learning. So I tell you, it's it's a pretty full seder, and and you know, and he's able. To, so this person learns in the morning and before davening. He says a shir at night for Baal Baktim. and so he said, "That's my ikker." So when my kids will get older and they'll need more for yeshiva, whatever, I'll think about it. But I need to keep asking myself, what is the ikker in my life and what's the means for it? And the way you set up that relationship is really, and, and, and for instance, if I can work, a person asks himself, I can work at a job that I make a lot of money, but has a lot of nisyonos, uh, integrity, um, women, stuff like that. So, so a person will immediately sort of put up a fig leaf, but I'll be able to give a lot of stock and help my kids in the learn. But that's not real. So I have to ask myself, what's kva? And that's and and it, you know, in some ways, somebody who's sitting and learning full time doesn't have those nacionals because you don't have to choose. You're sitting and learning, and you're making do whatever you can, and that's it. But when a person is already when you are where you are expecting to earn your way, you are expecting to, to cover bills and tuition and things like that, to be able to keep making that cheshbin, what is my matara and what is... Let me, I want to tell you a story somebody told me just two days ago. There's Eden Yerushalayim, he has his living, so I don't want to mention his name, he's a very extraordinary person. He has a Tashmish Ektusha store in Meishar. He's one of the most known... It's honesty, it's Erlachkeit, it's Yashvet. He told me he was staying at a store on a Friday morning at 11 o'clock. Friday morning at 11 o'clock, he closes. He had a store. A group of tourists came in and asked to buy tefillin. A bunch of tefillin. You know, everybody wanted He said, Hevra, it's 11 o'clock, I'm closing. They said, no, we're not here to nudge. We're here to buy. Just take out the tefillin. He said, Hevra, it's 11 o'clock, I'm gone. And he said, but, but, but you know, we're here... He said, you know what, here are the keys, help yourself. But I'm gone. I'm, I'm not in the store after 11 o'clock. That takes a lot of cheshm to say to yourself, I work six days for Shabbos. If I decide at 11 o'clock, what do I gain if I'm, t- if I'm cutting off a piece of Shabbos for the six days? It, you know, it's nice that I'm able to earn more money in the six days. But if I'm cutting a piece of Shabbos off, then what's the point of it? It's like a person eating his own flesh. You don't become more more full from it because you're eating yourself up. That takes a lot, a lot of constant thought of understanding what's the kavai in my life, what's priorities, because that's the iker, and everything else is going to have to fit around it, you know, make do with it. That's, that's the sense of kavai, and that requires a lot of honesty and constant reminder of what I'm here for and what not. I once heard, uh, just, I, I, just, I thought it was a fantastic marshal. They had, they had a, um, they, they had a sifa about honesty and business and things of that nature. It's a problem, you know, people get into it and then a lot of issues. So this, I think, Rev, who spoke? I think it was Rev Shua. I heard it on, on a tape. And he asked the following question. It says that Chil Hashem, nothing is mechafa for Chil Hashem. Um, until you die. So, on the one hand, as far as punishments go, it's not the worst I've heard. It's not a high of Mrs. Besden. But it says there's no kapara until you die. Why? Why is Chil Hashem, why is there no shogeg in Chil Hashem? I think his focus was, why is there no shogeg in Chil Hashem? I think that was his question. So he gave a marshal. 
for, for, for those of us that were back in the good old days, you, whenever you got a shipment of stuff from America, you had to go to Haifa to liberate it. I can't think of any better word than that. <laughs> liberating means finding that arrived, finding somebody who's supposed to clear it, arguing with the customs person about what is or what isn't, and what you can and what you can't bring in. And when you brought a lift for your apartment, it was, it, it was a full day of... And there were people that specialized in going down and take the tarabello. They used to take it, go down and take out your lift for you. That, it was a, it, it, it turned, it was, a, it was a full day affair. Somebody had a business, and he told his worker, he said, Chaim, tomorrow the shipments come into Haifa. The shipments arrive today. I want you to go with the crack of dawn to Haifa. It'll probably take you a full day. You'll go in the morning, the first thing, get in front of the line, and then do this, and you know, and, and so on. He said, Yeah, sure. Then he said, By the way, Chaim. If you're going to Haifa, I have an old aunt, Tante Bashel. Go into her. It's a big mitzvah. Visit her. Ask her how she is. Find out how she's doing and, you know, make her feel good. It's fine. The kids, uh, he comes late at night, 11 o'clock at night. The truck is coming down. Kids guy jumps out. And the boy says, no, how's doing? So I want to tell you, your Tante Bashel is doing very well. She's fine and good. We had a great time. He said, well, what about the stuff? He said, oh, I forgot about the stuff. So he says, wait one second. I sent you to get the stuff. This was a side thing. So he said, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us to this world to be Mikadosh Shemayim, to bring out Ha'arav HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does Shogig mean? Shogig means I was busy with something else. The Gemara has a category that's called Shogig B'mitzvah. I'm busy with something else, so, so that's why, what in the world could you have been busy with that you forgot Hashem Shemayim? That was the way he presented it. This is the kvar of, 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 of a person. So, so any other cheshbin is meaningless. If the cheshbin includes one side of the equation is there'll be a chil Hashem or a lack of quite Shemayim, and the other equation is I'll be able to do mitzvahs, I'll be able to do this, I'll be able to do that, where is the... Where's the yachas between those two? That was the way you presented the marshal. But, but I thought it brought home a very good sense of, you know, understanding what's my purpose here and what are the necessities. So when I compromise, I start with my purpose as being X and then I compromise in the details of how to get to X. Yeah? They see us, us uh, executing, yes. Right? Uh, then they'll, they'll understand maybe the idea, idea behind why I have to do cooking. Right. Almost everything in Benal Machavero is included in the Shabbat. It, it generally overlaps. You know, the, the, people could say Kibbutz Aim is also a Mishpat, possibly. Um, even though you know it's been tested, I've I've actually heard people contest it vehemently. I I I I, I, I was witness to a a secular woman speaking to her just mother, and she says, "I don't owe you a thing. You brought me into this world, so you owe me everything. It's your fault that I'm living, so you have to make up for it. I owe you nothing." You know, if that's axiomatic to you, then there's no way I can argue with that. You know, but but unfortunately, it was sad. I mean, it was, it was sad because she was kind of very vehement about it. I think she was a very. I think she had gone through different traumatic experiences. You know, I I can't be done something. I'm just saying. But once a person, but generally speaking, bederek klal ben onu chaveros tend to be mishpat, ben olamakon tend to be that. You know, there, there were things that there were things that once upon a time fidelity 
in, in marriage was considered once upon a time to be mishpat, axiomatic, no longer is, uh, you know, so, so I, 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 you know, it's, it's, you, you begin to wonder, at, it, it used to be that some, some of the things that we call chokim today were, were considered mishpat, and when I was growing up, family was not a full letter word, it, it, it actually um, it invoked something of beauty and, and nice, The rub, the, the rub in the, the book goes a lot into technology. Because when we talk about technology, proper relationship to technology in the workplace and our lives and using it correctly and watching out for pitfalls, what pitfalls we have to watch out for. So, um, if I can, you know, people tend to focus when they speak about technology on the the, prob- the real problems that come out sometimes. Person gets into pornography. Person gets into gambling person gets all sorts of stuff that he shouldn't get into. Um, in, from a Chinuch point of view, and being in the yeshiva, there's a much worse part of it. Chachma and Das means that my mind is in control of myself. Um, because the nature of technology is I sit and something else is thinking and guiding me. We don't just press on random buttons on 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 a, on you know on 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 a um, on, on the site, whatever it is. Somebody is sitting there deciding what would be nice for us to press. Somebody. Is, so our our um, our posture is passive, and somebody else is presenting the material, acting on us, and basically controlling us. I don't mean the real terrible, you know, they, but tachlis, advertising, everything is controlling us. I came from England uh, three days ago. I, I arrived here uh, via England at Hasna um, on Thursday. So we sat in the exit row, and for the take of a landing, the stewardess sat there. She was a very nice Israeli person, not, not a from person. And was schmoozing a little bit about this and whatever. And I asked her... And the long flights going back to the States, which is, you know, cause sometimes it can be a long afternoon of 13 hours or 14 hours, whatever it is. Don't people start going crazy? And I, I, I've seen a lot of times they get very irritated, they get very angry, they get very upset. They, they, you know, if, if tempers begin to flare. She said it used to be, but now, she said, we have stacked the entertainment with so much stuff she said, people sit glued for 13 hours. She said, three hours can go by and nobody even asks for a Coke. <laughs> so, she, uh, serious, it, 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 that was, you know, it, it, so she, she thought it's the greatest thing since sliced bread is, is, the, is, is, the, is, the, is the, which which I understand. But, but what does it say about a person? It says for 13, and if you ask the person afterwards, so, Sahaka, what did you get out of those 13 hours? I mean, so, so you know, nothing. It, it's it's really it, 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 there's 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 nothing. You know, so maybe once in a hundred times there's something worth seeing, but but most of it is just. But somebody's gluing you, and we've learned to become. There's no way we can have control over ourselves if our mind is not active, dominating, and in the driver's seat. T- to me, in the yeshiva, with learning Gemara requires thinking, active thinking. It requires arguing. And, and, and thinking into what should be the, the halacha here, what should be halacha here, why the two sides of it, what does he think, what does he say. That requires real work, proactive work, and it requires that a person enjoy that as a, 
for somebody who learns in yeshiva, so let's say he travels and he's plastered 13 hours to it, he, he, when he gets up, he feels so empty and so yucky that he probably wouldn't do it again because when you're so used to the pleasant feeling of empowerment of a person who's thinking, understanding, in control. Um, but, but if our minds are being controlled by somebody else, I once had experience many years ago, this is before, before the internet, I was teaching Asia Torah. And they had, over there, they, it was near the Kaisal, a lot of people would fall in, like, just from nowhere, just kind of would fall in. And they had people who would schmooze with them. Um, I was teaching a regular share. I wasn't, I didn't know, I didn't know exactly what you're supposed to do. But somebody comes to me over and he says, listen, Rebbe, there's somebody just walked in. None of the people normally do it are there. Would you, could you do it? So I said, I have no idea what I could do, but I could stall. Maybe I could just keep him engaged until somebody knows what he's doing, shows up. So he said, okay, fine. So sitting schmoozing, I was a very fine fellow. And he says, and he says, um, and he says to me, he's actually explored the Yiddish Garden Zone. He's found a lot of beautiful things. There's one thing that bothers him very much that he really feels is not right, is wrong. He says, the, I don't know if he said the words as much, but <laughs> that the Torah prohibits us looking into both intellectually and, you know, and, and uh, pornography and things like that, stuff that's outside of Torah. He says, you know, I'm a mature person, I'm a grown-up, an adult, believe me, I can take care of myself. Like, why does the Torah treat me like a child? That was more or less the question. So I didn't know the answer, but I, so I stalled. That's, you know, what, what, what do you do? I asked him, what do you do for a living? So he said, Baruch Hashem, he has a very nice advertising agency, or he works for an advertising agency, and he does very well. So I said, let me ask you a question. When they want to sell a car, do they have, like, a long list of tech specifications comparing it to other ones? Or do they have a picture of a boy and a girl riding on a car and having a great time? So, the latter. I said, so it's not the seichel that's, that's determining it. You're planting in my mind an image that's going to lead me like a hook and a fish. It's going to lead me to where you want to lead me. So your business is built on the premise that your stuff can control my mind because you get at what I crave rather than what I know is right. And Baruch Hashem, advertising doesn't have any emergency appeals and no charity. They, they do very well without anything. It seems to be doing really well. So how can you tell me that a person's mind is shaylat himself, being a mature being, and, and, and he, he said, I never thought of it. I said, me neither. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you were more it to me. And, 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 it, and it's amazing. It, it, you know, for a person to be controlled by his craves, by his... On the other side, I, I once was sitting at Sfas with Shmuel Ozovsky, he was part of a Joshiva, was there on vacation, and he sat with the Rav, Rav Simcha Kaplan, telling stories and things. It was, it was an amazing, uh, amazing learning experience. He, they were sitting, schmoozing, they were old friends from Yeshiva. They, they, I mean, a little bit different. Torah, most of it was, was stories, but but Sikhus Chum had a lot. He said over that he was sitting by Rechaskel Levenstein. He was the Mashkech Panovich and one of the great embodiments of Musa. Very, very strong and sharp person. Demanded utmost of himself and of other people. He was a very strong in his demands of emis and control and so on. He was a thin man with a tremendous aura. And he had cut like three pieces of bread and he ate it. And Rav Shonsak said, I saw he was still hungry, but he wasn't cutting more bread. So I asked him, why does Mashkir take something more, eat more? 
So Reb Chassel looked at me and said, our minic is that our brain tells our stomach what to eat, not vice versa. And he said, and by the way, he said, he pointed to an orange, I wanted to leave room for Paris Artisrol. So that was my calculation. But that, that's, that's the embodiment of me deciding and my body following along. When it happens that way, then a person is, is, is a baldas, a person is in control of himself. We're not, you know, and, 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 and the and technology has brought out the worst of it. It's, it's you know, it's, it's asking to be led, and, 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 and basically, the worst problem we have now is yeshiva policy of, we, put, we install filters on people's smartphones, etc. The most important aspect of that is the times that it's shut off totally. In other words, in my mind, everything else is secondary to the problem of not being able to control yourself. First needs to be able to sit down and say, I have a half hour worth of emails that need to be answered. That's what I'll do. I want to see the news. I will allocate myself a minute, an hour, ten hours. But I allocate because that's what I think I need. As opposed to just kind of drifting. And, be, and that's, to me, that's the most crucial part of, 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 of the equation. Yeah. Can you just uh, uh, um, pre- uh, uh, introduce yourself? I'd like to know who you are. What's your name? Ben Shaw, my name is Adam, uh, South Africa. Okay. So I just want to know how do you how do you get the balance between um, wanting to wanting to grow in the business world, so wanting to develop yourself. Just because today a lot of the jobs are trying to push you, they're trying to push you in terms of doing a bit more, working a bit over time, versus still knowing what's their path in terms of learning. So. It, it, it's a hard shukuladas because being successful what you're doing is positive. The qu- it is natural for a person to grow in rank and, and, and develop a business. It, it, part of the Vasafika Necha, part of, of that process, is developing success. But a person needs to be able to honestly, and it's always good to have somebody who understands you, knows you, and knows the position, to keep weighing and ask himself. Is it because I just can't say no to a valuable flesh in front of me? Or is it because this is really the next stage? I, you know, I do X, now my talents and my abilities to expand. As long as a person can make decisions, and he makes them based on, it, it's just like a business. A business profit is the bottom line. So shall I expand the business? Shall I take loans? Shall I invest in marketing or in research? You always try to keep away, it's like this person loves hype and advertisement. That's not a good reason to, to do more advertising. It has to be cold calculated, look by a picture. So uh, someone who knows you and understands that world, and if you have uh, sort of a, a mentor of sorts, it, it's usually a, a big help to help you keep making those honest decisions. You know, there have been, been very who were very wealthy, very successful businessmen of the nature that, but on the other hand, kept the Tzuri Yehuda state. They, they knew what they wanted for themselves and they knew what they needed to put into business. They could make those decisions. Those are uh, key decisions. Yes? Uh, Ruben Moore, Kevin from Massachusetts. To, uh, to what degree is it permissible to take a job that works more hours? You know, like if you have a job, you're working 35 hours a week and it pays the bills, you know, uh, like, are you even allowed to go work, say, 45 hours a week? to have a better standard of work. So, 
a, a few factors, and again, I'm going to speak generalities because it really is a type of cheshvan nefesh everybody needs to. Being at a low end job that you feel an emotional well being in the sense that a sort of realization of your capabilities is an important factor in, in choosing a career. So let's say I could schlep boxes and make X amount of money, which might be enough to pay bills, let's say. But I have very creative abilities, and I like to think and invent stuff and think of stuff. I'm going to become very, very frustrated, and my emotional health will go down. On the other hand, I'm doing something which is nice, again, wonderful, but, but financially I'll be middle class, and I, I really, really would like to be high class. Those are two very different cheshbonos. Um, so to take a job that's lesser hours because you're not able to realize uh, um, capabilities and abilities that you have and you need to realize them is, n- is not a good job. Even it'll pay the bills, but there's emotional bills that are much more important. On the other hand, if it's paying the bills, things are okay, but people think it's more glamorous to be something else, that's not a good cheshvan. And, and all, all these things, it's, it's very difficult for a person to be honest with himself and you struggle with it, and, and if you have somebody you can ask and talk it over with, it's usually very helpful. <coughs> um, and it's, you know, as, at, at least, but at least you're aware of it, at least you struggle, at least in the spalak, especially with guidance, and you try to talk over something can give you guidance, that's already a big part of your voda, as opposed to just automatically taking the raise, automatically taking the other job, automatically this, but, but there are many reasons, A, realizing your own it's an emotional need for a person to realize his kochos. And, with, and, and it's, it's an important thing to consider when you, where, you, where, you, where you're taking your career to. And you need to also understand the nature of, of, of the bills that you need to pay. Bez Hashem shows you get older and so on. There is more versus just, just getting sucked into a system and, and not knowing what you do with yourself. I once had, th- there was a, a person in, um, in basis role where the Meishiva was. Again, the old time said, remember Naftuli's shoe store? There was, a, there was right next to the Beisol Shiva, there was a shoe store. With a Yishalmi person who, who yeah, was a cobbler or whatever. And it was a hangout for the boys. So he would be open until oils out of the night. And maybe even all night, I don't know. And they would play chess and listen to radio. That was the old days, Musagim of hanging out and, you know, and smoking cigarettes. That, that was the it thing. And one day he, just, he closed up at, it, you know, at 12 o'clock at night he closed his place, he wouldn't go. And I asked him, or someone asked him, I, was, I heard him ask him, like, how come? What's wrong with playing chess? He says, because you forget where you are. That was the way he described it. I mentioned, person forgets in what world he is. In other words, it's a cop out from life. If you're not facing life, you're getting sucked into another reality that's taking you out from it. I thought there was so much chachma to that. There was nothing wrong. Halachically, playing chess is nothing wrong. Um, you know, the, even listening to radio, the Chadashot, I don't know how terrible that it is. But the point the person said was, you forget in which world there is. There's no God, there's no Torah, there's nothing. Just, just you, you lost yourself in another world. So, understanding that you're not getting sucked up by a world that just propels you forward or you know backward, depending on your perspective, is 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 the key to it. Yes. What's your name? My name is Misha, Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Uh, 
I was very impressed with the, how you put that uh, when we go online, a lot of the things that are fed to us are you know, calculated, so the choices are ours. And it's true that artificial intelligence is like taking bigger and bigger precedence in our lives. If you look at like doctors, a lot of them are going to be displaced because the artificial intelligence machines that are going to provide diagnosis and many other things. How do you uh, view the, the effect of artificial intelligence on Halakha? Zero. <laughs> I'm serious. I'll tell you why. If, if I could. Sure, sure, please. Yeah. I'm the kind of guy who doesn't like spending like eight hours in the study. So everybody knows. You know, give it like ten years. Is, is, would it be possible, just like you know, for me to find directions right now to anywhere in the world by typing an address, just typing in, and there's going to be like an artificial intelligence which is going to provide me all halakha. So right now, so I don't have to memorize all of that. So halakh consists of basic points, the mission of the Gemara, Rishonim, uh, whatever, how it won. It also consists of the application to it. The, the, when the Gemara, the Gemara says, the, the, the intriguing Gemaras that says that say that there was a machlokas amoroyim about a certain event, a certain halacha, and they asked in Shemayim, what is it? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, whatever they decide down here. In other words, by definition, halacha, in ideal situations, whatever the Bezin HaGadol thinks through, weighs and decides, that's what the halacha is. So there's no way a computer could do that, because almost by definition, by definition, it's what Das Adam, even Ke'ilu HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Das, it's what we... It also, is a, there's a mistake. Co- computer is extremely good at facts. So if I can type in, I use a database. I'll type in three words, zip, it'll find any place else you are. But what we call a shikol hadas, a, a, a weighing of things, most of most of a psak is what we would call a hachra. It means weighing sides and and deciding which one takes pre- precedence. That's by definition. It's 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 not a process that you can translate to computer language. You if it's very clear, no, it's what bracha shall I make on an orange? You can type that in and and out it comes. But let's say you have something like applesauce where it says if the pieces are not recognizable. You don't make you make a shackle to recognize it like this. So now we're going to have to start determining certain criteria. What is called recognizable? Does it mean that you could figure out what it is? Does it mean that it has? Any time you go off anything that's not exact, you automatically need a hachra, a person's hachra, um, and, and that's a judgment. What we call a judgment call. That's uniquely human. Yeah. Yes. Is there any room? Okay, this is a, what? Uh, ben Green from Detroit. Yeah. Is there any room in Judaism to like embrace and escape? Like, for instance, after such a long day of learning and like or a long week, and your head's full of like these responsibilities and all these heavy ideas. Like, you get involved in a story, like a fictional story that just kind of like takes the load off. You recognize it's an escape, but you want to embrace it. The answer is yes, 
as long as you're in control of it. In other words, taking time to rest in whatever way gives you rest is not a, it's the reason why we sleep it's 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 something which is certainly a human need and and it's something that is if, as long as, but the key is to ask yourself how much can i really learn and how much do i need to chill out and what type of chilling out will affect me later let's say somebody chills out by watching movies and then while he's sitting and learning the movies are playing not a good idea so you should be better, better go biking or hiking in other words as long as you sat and made the cheshbin as to what you need <coughs> and what's optimal the answer is of course just like a person needs to sleep a person needs to relax that's 100% like in, in all yeshivas they had benazmanims and when people come along with, with ideas to cancel benazmanim th- there would be a lot of pushback because you can't keep Azman running all the time. It, what happens is it breaks someplace. And it's much better when it's a controlled break than when you do it. The key is that you make that decision justly and that you pick the type of activities that won't afterwards come back to haunt you. Yes, sir. What? Uh, Josh Eisenberg, the state of New Jersey. Yeah. Um, what if somebody finds himself skilled or groomed for a field that is halakhically challenging? For instance, lending. Okay, uh, um, so f- for lending, it's it's a uh, it's an it's an honorable old time Jewish trade. <laughs> Go through the history books. So you have to make a decision: Can you do the lending in a way, not to deal with goyim, to deal through a corporation? You have to sit down with a posek who knows business halacha. And ask him, give me the parameters of what I could do and what I can't do. And if you can't do it, you can't do it. If you know, it, 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 so it, it really it, sometimes a person a person knows the field practically and knows the halacha. A posik who deals with these, he can tell you, listen, this type of of, of 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 investment banking goes well. This type of brokering is a problem, and and this can be solved. But you have to stick to these type of customers. You have to look into it before, isn't you know. So, so it's not automatic. It's challenge, challenging and automatically not possible. is not always the same. Uh, but you have to work with the posek, and you have to make a cheshbon that sometimes when there'll be some very lucrative, you'll be able to to put down the brakes and say no. You have to know yourself and see that it's true. But should one seek out So it depends why. Sometimes a person has it, 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 he has a business set up. It's it's a family business. It's he has a friend who's going to take him in. It's a reasonable, you know, it's reasonable that this is something that he should, that he should go into. And he has to know if these problems are insurmountable. Are they so challenging that he's going to be so stressed out all the time going back and forth on it? Or not? I assume the person is not automatically seeking a challenging uh, occupation because it's challenging. I assume the person is seeking out the occupation because... The, so, so there's a reason why. And, and then you have to sit down with a competent person who understands the reality and understands um, understands the halacha, and, and he can tell you how much of it will be problematic, and how much of it could be solved, and how much it can't be solved. But yeah, it's uh, no there are no easy there are no easy roads. It's uh, it's it's all challenging. It's, uh, okay, I have to go soon. Okay, Viseda. Very nice meeting everybody. Yeah, yeah.
preferences. You know what? He'll argue that with you, but yeah. don't think he's not going to. He'll say a Nazi is evil. He's not going to say, he's, he, you know, it's counterproductive. He, 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 he,